Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back for the second half of the Curtain Call podcast. Once again, uh, it is Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict joining you as always on these uh, beautiful Wednesday evenings or whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. But I think the kind of big news today, Jeffrey... Carl Joseph, uh, former uh, Oakland Raiders first-round pick when they were the Oakland Raiders, not the Vegas Raiders, but uh, gone to the Cleveland Browns. He is now visiting the Steelers. That deal isn't done as of the time of recording. That's why I keep checking my phone. But uh, what do you think of this? Would this be a good fit? I think it's interesting because he fits a mold that we have a lot of players on the roster right now that kind of fit that mold, that like safety, but almost only a box safety, not a deep zone guy, not like not like really great at that, uh, where his strengths really are kind of in that box safety or maybe a guy who could play a dime linebacker role like a Marcus Allen played for us last year. That kind of a player. Um, and we've got several of them. We've got Antoine Brooks. We've got Marcus Allen still. Uh, we just brought in – guy, I forgot his name. Killebrew. Uh, Miles Killebrew. Yeah, Miles Killebrew, who fits that mold, and now we're looking at now we're looking at another one. I it's it's interesting to me that we are really going for that type of a player. Um, of course, we had Mark Barron here, you know, in 2019, that was a very similar player as well, kind of that linebacker safety hybrid. Uh, so that is something the Steelers are interested in. And that that is something that that is worth watching, but I, I don't know even know what to make of whether they'll sign him and where he would fit into this roster. Like, it doesn't seem to be a clear open spot for a guy, you know, who is an NFL veteran and is going to expect to play, I would assume. 
Yeah, that's kind of the weird fit. But the thing is, Mike Tallman like loves this guy at his pro day at West Virginia, I believe. Uh, they were like this the entire that entire time that was going on uh, before the Browns playoff game. Uh, Coach Tallman was asked who he's like, who, who are like the best players in the Browns. He, he starts off by Miles Garrett, and he says, "After that, I, I really think it, Carl Joseph is, is the next guy," which really says something, especially when you bring it to here uh, and today's kind of news that he's visiting the Steelers. Now, do you take anything in that in Mike Tomlin's words? That's the kind of player Mike Tomlin likes. It really is. I mean, we, we have him. Like, even uh, Minka Fitzpatrick in college was a linebacker slash safety. Terrell Edmonds, he's a safety, but people are like, yeah, he could play linebacker, and he really could. Uh, across the board, he likes those type of guys. And I, I, how many of them can you put on the field at once? Like, they have to have a real position. They can't just be, you know, a linebacker who's too small to be linebacker. So Carl Joseph is going to have to fit somewhere. I he could be he could be the number three tight end and and you know be in, instead of Sean Davis he could work that. But I don't know. I I I hope he signs. I'd like to see him because I know I know Mike Tomlin's a huge fan and I like his game too. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, on top of that, are the Steelers going to have like really good special teams coverage this year? Like, <laughs> especially if they make that signing, I feel like their special teams coverage units are going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, we're going to be cutting. Like, we will end up cutting really good special teams players from the Steelers because there's just too many of them. Like at every position, it's it's kind of crazy. We have a ton of special teams guy now. Yeah, that's. Uh... It's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder if that's one of the factors the Steelers are, are looking to bring these guys in on. But on that note, the Steelers did sign two guys today as well. Uh, basically, guys that didn't play last year, they signed a receiver early on in this kind of new league year process. Kind of, kind of the same situation today. They signed Jarvis Miller, who's a linebacker, and Matthew Sexton, who is a wide receiver that ran four three at. Oh goodness, I'm forgetting the. Michigan State. Oh, Michigan State Pro Day. Thank you. Yeah, he's um, from Eastern Michigan, but the, he was at Michigan State's Pro Day this year. Right. I, I believe both players is kind of where they were rediscovered by having uh, testing really well at these Pro Days, which, uh, of course, is something that uh, some players that don't have a contract are invited to do. And that's where the Steelers find a couple more guys. Do you take anything from uh, from these signings? I remember the Steelers last year talking, and Mike Tomlin talked about how guys from last year's draft class weren't going to get the same mm -hmm. shot that other people got. There was no rookie minicamp. There was no you know guys at rookie minicamp earning an invite to training camp. None of that happened. James Pierre was our only undrafted free agent that made the roster. Like There just wasn't the same opportunity for players who were outside of the draft to get a shot in the NFL. And I think that's what you're seeing the Steelers right now do is sign those guys to these one-year deals while they have roster spots available, get them in the building, work them out, talk to them, see how quickly they learn things, see what they can do. You know, get get your hands on them, see what they look like. To me, it's like, uh, it's just, it's a rookie camp tryout kind of signing. They're free agents, so you, you have to pay them. You know, you have to sign them to a contract, but you don't actually pay them. Like, unless these guys got a signing bonus, uh, which I imagine if there is a signing bonus, it would be, like, money to get an apartment. And that would be it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, 
but they don't get paid until even the futures contracts, all those contracts, they start paying at week one of the season. They don't get paid rookie mini camps. They don't get paid for training camps. They don't get paid any of that off their salary. Uh, they they have a league negotiated per diem. They get every single day they are required to be at the at the league facilities, or even I think they get it for volunteer voluntary team activities as well. But that's all they get. So these guys signing a contract, that contract really means absolutely nothing except they are a Pittsburgh Steeler. They can say they're a Pittsburgh Steeler and they can come work out at the facilities and talk to the doctors and talk to the coaches and get, you know, advice and get training, stuff like that from the team that the team offers them. That's it. That's that's really all that contract means until they actually make the 53-man roster. So to me, this is this is just the Steelers throwing, you know, undrafted free agent guys, rookie, you know, tryout type deals. They're just going at the 2019 draft class, which I'm all about because we've seen guys go into those rookie tryouts, make the, you know, training camp and then make the team. Uh, we had a guy, Devlin Hodges did that. He won three games in the NFL. He started as a rookie tryout guy, you know, and in that same year, he won three games. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. I like it's I think it's a great thing. Uh, but I think the way it's getting reported because it's reported as a contract, it's getting t- more attention in the like, oh, how does this guy fit on the roster? Well, no, he he's getting a shot. That's it. Like this is your shot. See what you can do with it. Yeah, kind of like a, a, a rookie mini camp deal, just a, a year advance sort of thing. I, we got a couple questions in the live chat. Uh uh, I'll, I'll start off with this one from Andrew Wilbar, who's asking about Sexton, comparing him to Scotty Miller, asking if he could be Scotty Miller 2.0. I, I, I don't know if necessarily that's the, the comparison to go for, but I will say the Steelers really seem to be looking for a slot type guy that is a complete speed burner. We know how interested they are in Anthony Schwartz, uh, the receiver out of Auburn, who ran uh, hand time, I think something in the four twos, which it's a pro days. Don't don't take the numbers too too closely. But uh, they are they're looking for someone to fill that role. And, and we know this team historically, if they have a hole on the roster, and we're seeing this with some of the moves that come out, they'll, they'll bring in someone potentially lower value just to make sure they have someone that can play that role before they fill that role again in the draft, undrafted free agency, or perhaps if someone is cut now. Jeffrey, I'll give you the second question here uh, from Javier Mori. Uh, he's he asked, "Do you think the Steelers pick up the fifth year option on Terrell Edmonds?" And I'll actually pose this to you in two ways: um, one, if they don't sign Carl Joseph, and if they did sign Carl Joseph, I honestly don't think that would matter. Hmm. Uh, now they have to do they have to decide on they they get till next year to decide whether they want to pick it up, right? Ooh, uh, for Minka and Trell, I believe the deadline for that is like May 3rd. I think it's the Monday after the draft is the deadline for that. This year. I, I think what's different, though, is it can no longer be rescinded. I think that's what the, the new CBA calls for. So once it's okay. in, locked in. Well, I believe his fifth year isn't that expensive. Um, it's and- six, $6 million for Trell, and it's like $12 million for Minka because the new fifth-year options are based on like play time, Pro Bowl, All-Pro. Yeah. All those things. So, uh, so just play time. I think it's some six point two, something like that. At six point two million, yeah, that's a, that's a guy you pick up. That's a guy you keep. Um, his skill set is hard to match. 
It is really hard to match with people what he can do, what he brings. It's not something common people do. You can find a guy who is listed as a strong safety who has much better stats than Terrell Edmonds, but they're probably not bringing to the field what Terrell Edmonds brings to the field in terms of matchup negation where you you try and get a mismatch against the Steelers. The Steelers use Terrell Edmonds as a slot cornerback. They use him as a linebacker. They use him as a blitzer. They use him in deep zone. They use him literally everywhere. There are plays he has lined. It, last year against Seattle, he's in his second year in the league. They lined him up outside across from DK Metcalf, and he deflected the ball. DK Metcalf made a great catch, but he still was with him. He's there. Like they can, This is a guy the Steelers can play literally anywhere, and that is a very big deal in how they run their matchups with their defense. Terrell Edmonds is one of those guys that, to me, he is much more valuable on the Steelers than he is to other teams, and I think they do pick up his option. I think I think no matter what, he, they're picking up his fifth-year option. I will be surprised if they don't. I, I would honestly be surprised if they don't. Yeah, and given the team's history with kind of picking up uh, picking it up with Bud Dupree, who up until that point really didn't uh, break out quite yet, uh, of course, that fifth-year option franchise tag years kind of uh, saw him turn the turn the table. So I could kind of see them uh, going down that route once again. But uh, some more of that news uh, from the Steelers bringing guys in uh, yesterday, Tuesday, uh, they signed Kalen uh, Ballage, um, formerly of the Miami Dolphins uh, and the San Francisco 49ers, and I also believe the New York Jets. He's bounced around to a couple teams via trade, via cut. But uh, I, I believe he was drafted in 2018, I want to say, was his draft year. Now, Ballage, basically his signing means there's now five running backs under contract, not including Derek Watt, already on this roster. Do you see his signing kind of to push someone like Benny Snell, or does that this kind of signify that they might be done adding to the position? Or what way do you, do you see the signing if it really means – much at all. Ballage was a really versatile player in college. Um, so there's a chance, there's a chance he could be in that kind of uh Matt Canada zone where he is more valuable in a Matt Canada system than in other systems. I honestly don't think he's much at all. He he seems like a camp body to me. I mean, his his yards per carry are worse than anyone we have on the Steelers. His his numbers are just bad. His film isn't great. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Matt Canada thinks he's worth uh, more than those numbers in the film show, but I I have a hard time seeing him pushing anyone off the roster, honestly. Yeah, and that is definitely noteworthy. So uh, you'd say the Steelers are still 100% in on uh, trying to find their uh, future workhorse in the first couple rounds of the draft. I am not so on board with that. Um I'm I'm of the opinion that if the running back is there that they want, and it's their number one guy, they will take him. Uh, I honestly, I honestly expect what every Steeler fan is really against, and I expect another mid round running back. I'm 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 leaning that direction now, where they're going to wait, get somebody in the third or fourth round, and Steelers fans' heads are going to explode. <laughs> You know, I would have said that move kind of made sense to me before they added Ballage, but like. Oh my, they have a lot of below average NFL running backs on the roster. It, like, and honestly, I'm probably putting that pretty nicely. 
So uh, I feel like if they're not going big, uh, then I suppose this is just kind of the, the running back room we're going to have come the season, which is probably not ideal. Perhaps they could find someone else on the open market, even though like anyone who has any talent or name value is old. So uh, do you think the Steelers just kind of uh, put the cherry on top of that uh, running back room with just a mid-round running back, or could it come somewhere else as well? Oh, I, I – I still think it's a good chance James Conner ends up back in Pittsburgh. I, it, like the Steelers, the Steelers are weird in that they talk run game, uh, but they don't back that up with investment. They don't really back it up. And the only one, the only running back they've ever tried to pay was Le'Veon Bell, and thank goodness he said no because <laughs> like that was not good. That was not a good choice. We we draft pass blocking, uh, offensive linemen. We draft like this is how we do things. We we do, and then we say we're gonna focus on running the ball. You know, we're gonna be a running team, and then we let our offensive line, most of our offensive line, go. We bring back Juju Smith Schuster, so we're you know four deep at wide receiver. I don't I don't see a commitment to the run game, uh, backed up in action as much as it is just words. And so I really, I don't, ex- I don't expect investment. I would not be surprised by it. Like, I, I think you could see an Etienne in the first round. I think you could still see a guy in the first round of running back go. Uh, but it's just as likely not, you know, it's, it's just as likely not to me. I, I always go back to like, people say like, Oh, the running back room is, is bad. They have to draft a running back. Well, Go back and look at like the 2014, 2015, heading into those seasons. Look at the cornerback room. Steelers didn't have a corner. They didn't have one. They had like four number three cornerbacks, and they just went into the season with it. They were like, well, all right, Bryce McCain, you're a starter. <laughs> like, that's how they did it. They they could do it at running back. We I mean we've done it before. We had Jonathan Dwyer and uh, Isaac Redman <laughs> as the feature runners there for a year too. It, it could happen. Yeah, with our holes too. Uh, to me, it, it, I feel like it's kind of hard to justify uh, grabbing a, a running back highly at all until they kind of plug up some of these other spaces. Because I mean, if if you don't have a, a number one center. It might not matter who your running back is because they're just getting someone in their lap the second they touch the ball, and then they're getting tackled for a loss. So yeah, if you don't if you don't have a center, you don't have a quarterback, and you don't have a runner running game. Like you don't have anything. But you don't have you don't have offensive line. It doesn't matter. Ben Roethlisberger is going to look like he did for those games where uh, J.C. Hassenauer was playing, and he was throwing the ball to whoever he was looking at a second and a half into the play because whoever that's that's how much time he had to get rid of the ball, and it was bad. It was terrible. We couldn't run. We couldn't do anything. That's what you're talking about. This offensive line isn't fixed. And, and to me, right now, I would say it's probably not the sexy pick by any means, and it would definitely be a reach, but the Steelers haven't signed someone for that center spot. So I, I almost expect come the draft when p- number 24 has been called, it ends up being a center. Just because the need at that position is so high, and do you want to start someone who, who you got out of the third round right away? That seems a, a little dangerous and just not the way this team operates. Do you, uh, do you feel the same way? Yeah. Although I also feel like uh, they might think BJ Finney is the guy. 
Why? I, I don't get this. I don't know either, but they like BJ. He's just a guy that they like. Uh, you hear reports from people who are around the team and insiders that Ben Roethlisberger trusts this guy and the Steelers like this guy and maybe he's their starter. And I'm like, well, then you don't have a run game. Like then you don't you don't have a run blocking offense. Like you, you just don't have it. What do you what do you have at that point? And that could just be like the Steelers being like, hey, no, we don't wink wink. We don't need to draft a center. We're happy with with what we've got. Definitely aren't going to be drafting center at 24. I mean, it could be that, uh, but I mean, the Steelers have walked into a season with worse position rooms in this offensive line, although not many. And I can't, oh man, if they walk in there with this offensive line, they don't draft anybody, they don't sign anybody new, it's going to be bad. Yeah, that's uh, going to be the storyline until I guess we hit training camp and really kind of see what happens because me living fairly close to Seattle, that's the coverage I'm getting if I'm listening to sports radio work. And uh, that was one of the talking points is like, this BJ Finney guy, we kind of invested a lot of money and uh, he's already kind of bounced off the starting depth. Like he was supposed to be the starter at center. Uh, now he's now he's like the, the sixth man. Now he's like a reserve. Like what is going on? Like by the day, he just fell further and further down that depth chart. So that is a, a little bit concerning. Uh, hopefully he gets it under wraps. But to move on from that, of course, Finney was released from the Bengals and then brought back to the Steelers. Uh, another player that I think a lot of people kind of assumed once he was released would end up back in Pittsburgh. Of course, that being Jesse James, a name that was kind of mentioned in the first part of our podcast. It hasn't happened yet. And to kind of backtrack a little bit, he was released, so he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't mean anything the compensatory formula, and he had a, a head start on free agency. Uh, insiders like Jerry Dulac, I, I believe Marco Boli, like you go on and on. A lot of these people just thought like, oh, it's just kind of a, a guaranteed move that's just going to happen. There's no penalty in the move happening early. Why hasn't that happened yet? And do you think at this point it's even going to happen at all? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. It makes so much sense. You have Eric Ebron. He, you ideally you want him to not be your inline tight end. Jesse James is an inline tight end. He is that guy. Just line him up in line. And that would let Eric Ebron move around. Uh, Jesse James isn't a great guy, but he's not like you're, he's not like the tight end you want. He's no Heath Miller, but he's solid. And Ben got a lot out of him. You look at that 2018 season, Ben Roethlisberger and Jesse James put up decent numbers for a site number two tight end. Uh, I believe, I believe they were like number one in the NFL for tight end production and efficiency uh, in 2018 with Jesse James and Vance McDonald. There's no reason Eric Ebron and Jesse James wouldn't be a good pairing, uh, but it does it does make you wonder: Are the Steelers really committed to getting someone in free agency or in the draft who fits a more versatile mold? Because Jesse James is not going to be playing H back. He's not going to be you know a heavy motion use guy. He's six foot nine. He, he's like too tall for like lead blocking. He's you're not going to make a six foot nine guy your lead blocker. That's that that's probably not going to go well. You know what? And they could bring in a guy like Jesse James. Like to me, you look at the Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl last year, and their tight end tight end depth chart. They probably had five guys, four of which would have been the number one tight end in Pittsburgh. So I wouldn't even have a problem bringing Jesse James in and then double dipping in the draft and just having a, a solid tight end room. 
yeah. I, I don't see really any problems with that. But kind of looking at the last few days and all these moves the Steelers have made, all, all these kind of secondary depth, uh, per, potentially just camp body type signings, do you think there's any clarity to the upcoming draft uh, starting to form or is it just as murky as ever? I think it's still just as murky as ever. There's there's so many ways. I mean, there's positions that are kind of ruled out. Like wide receiver is out. Defensive <laughs> line is out. You're not getting one of those, sadly, as it is for me. They're not getting a defensive lineman in the first round. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like outside linebacker. You're not getting an outside linebacker in the first round, no matter what some people might say. Safety, no. You know, you could see a cornerback. You could see an inside linebacker. Offensive line, yeah. Running back, yeah. Tight end, yeah. Quarterback, no. Running back, yeah. Like, there's a lot of position. but So there is some, but it's not at all. There's a lot of room where the Steelers could draft a first-round uh, player, and people would be like, well, yeah, they drafted that because that's what they need. But there's like six or seven positions still <laughs> that you can draft that and be like, yeah, of course they drafted that. That's what they need. I, I got a feeling we'll see – something along the lines of best player available and then draft the best need available. <laughs> if that makes any sense where they just take, they take the best player because most likely it's going to be a fit with their holes. Yeah. And then uh, outside of that, just like, well, we need a starting center. Now let's go get a starting center. Well, you need a starting running back. Let's go get a number one running back. We need number two tight end. Let's go get like so on and so forth down the draft hope or I don't even know if hopefully is the way to go about it, but I think that's something we could see in this draft process though, which is something I, I think is somewhat notable. A lot of these mid round quarterbacks are coming out and saying they met with the Steelers. Cal uh, uh, Trask t- today said uh, about a month or two ago, he talked with Mike Tomlin, which seems like a, a long amount of time. So perhaps not the interest there, but Jamie Newman, uh, Georgia, Wake Forest quarterback. He never actually played for Georgia uh, because of opting out. Uh, he said he's talked to the Steelers a number of occasions. Kellen Mond the day before. Do you think the Steelers could be, as Art Rooney said, adding to that quarter quarterback depth chart with someone from the middle rounds? I think that is increasingly more pop more possible the longer we go into this and the more quarterbacks they talk to. Uh, it's a little surprising to me when you – Added a Haskins, you have Rudolph who they they have a lot of faith in, and who has developed. You know he's he's developed and he's developing into a pretty decent quarterback. It it's interesting to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they they you know juggle them all. I don't know where they'd land up, but I think I think it is quite possible you see a quarterback added. Yeah, and I feel like if they don't draft someone, almost I feel like. Going back to the Josh Dobbs well makes the most sense just because of his relationship with Ben. Uh, do you do you think perhaps Art Rooney might not have said the right thing when it comes to this quarterback spot, or do you think they're going to bring in someone no matter what? I don't think it's a no matter what situation, but I would – it might not be far off from a no matter what situation. It might just be that they're like, hey, no, mid-round, we're going to get somebody to add to this room. Uh it's almost it's almost like a quarterback approach similar to what they've done with running backs and wide receivers. Let's just take them in the third or fourth round. You know, if you don't have some, which isn't the worst case scenario. If you've got a bunch of guys that you're sitting there looking at and saying, well, this guy could be good, but there's a lot of ifs, there's a lot of question marks with him. Steelers like sure things early, things that they 
players that they look at and say, no matter what, this guy is going to fill a role. You know, Bud Dupree, even if he doesn't get sacks, he's starting on that outside because we know what he can give us in certain other areas. Terrell Edmonds starts every single game, no matter what. Like, that's the kind of first-round guys they go for. Uh, so, so taking some lottery picks on quarterbacks in the third or fourth round, that's, that's kind of something the Steelers are doing right now. And to continue on with this quarterback stuff, of course, Albert Breer talked about it, uh, and really a lot of kind of outlets jumped on it. Uh, Sam Darnold, the Jets quarterback, who uh, he's definitely going to be on the trade block because it seems like they are dead set on drafting one Zach Wilson out of BYU. Uh, I think the latest rumor said they're looking for as low as a fourth round pick now. do you see any way that makes any sense for the Steelers to do? I know that's kind of the, the the popular name floating out there right now, but does it make any sense whatsoever? No, not to me. I would. I don't. I'm not interested in Sam Darnold. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster made him look good. He watched his college film, and in New York, like people are like, oh, but he's on the Jets. Well, look what Mason Rudolph did in 2019. Who did he have? When Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt, who did he have at receiver? James Washington, rookie Deontay Johnson, and yet his numbers aren't that much different than what Sam Darnold was putting up with a Robbie Anderson and a, you know, uh, Jamison Crowder. Like he had solid receivers. Uh, you saw Mason Rudolph play with absolutely, and this this year against Cleveland, Mason Rudolph had 300 yards with an offensive line that did include J.C. Hassenhauer. Uh, and like they were banged up, that offensive line was banged up. You're, you're, he produced. He, he can do it. Uh, to me, Sam Darnold is on that Mason Rudolph level, and you already got one. You know, I, I don't like Sam Darnold's arm. I don't like his thought process. If that makes sense, and how he goes about his plays. I'm not a Darnold fan. Perfect. Now, the last bit of news I want to get to uh, before we wind out this show is the 17th game. It is official. Uh, the Steelers will be hosting the Seattle Seahawks, adding to the gauntlet to schedule they already have. How do you feel about this? Uh, do you like the game? Do you like 17 regular season games? What are your thoughts on game number 17? I don't like change. I don't like new things. <laughs> I'm a cranky old man, so I don't like any of this newfangled 17 games. Man yells uh, at cloud. Oh. I, I do like that uh, Mike Tomlin's going to have to really put in work to go 8-8 eight and eight next year. Really <laughs> going to have to put in that work and get a tie. I don't know how he's going to do that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. It happened. It's going to happen. I like that they're playing Seattle. Uh, cause Seattle refuses to protect Russell Wilson. So we, we get some sack numbers there, <laughs> yes. but that's another, like you it's, I loved going through stats and you go back in history and all of a sudden, like when the 14 games changed to 16 games, it's a whole different era. Yeah. And now it's going to be, it's going to annoy me to no end when every year they're like, someone just broke an, an NFL record. Yeah. Okay. You know, you have an extra game now, and it's going to be more yard. It's going to be more of that. I'm not a fan. Teams wear down. The teams do wear down. This is going to be, you know, you're you're talking about depth being more important and stars being less important, kind of a situation. And I don't like that. I, I don't like that. Like 
We watch the NFL for the stars, not who has the least bad fifth cornerback. We saw that in this year with the COVID. Like when when it, teams get down players, like you don't want that. And, it, and at some point, some point, somebody's going to come into the NFL and run like how the NBA does, where they watch their snaps and say, "You only get so many snaps, and then we're going to rest you." And you're going to have this going on if this keeps up. Like it's just going to happen uh, to try and have players be able to play when it comes to game 20 of the season. Like you still need them. It's game 20 and you're still, you're in the playoffs. So uh, I'm not, I'm not big on it, but it's here. It's a thing. I like playing the Seahawks. (laughs) Now, before we get out and still kind of on that same topic, I I believe now that it's voted in, it's going to be 17 games until the end of this collective bargaining agreement. 17 is kind of an ugly number. So is three preseason games. What do you think is more likely? So we can look back on this 10 years from now, if we even remember. But uh, what's more likely? They're moving to 18 games or going back down to 16? They will never go back. Once they add a game and they add that revenue, they will never go back. Uh, so, so 18, yeah. yeah. Do you think that's where it ends up? Probably not. I mean, probably for a while, and eventually they add more. I don't It's. It's just greed. Like, like you can't expand. It, it was before, like, if you want a money grab, you you sell an expansion team and everyone gets paid. All the owners got huge chunks of money and there's a whole nother team. But there, there's no appetite for expansion now. So you expand the season. You, may, you can't go into a new city, so you just take another week and spread into Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's uh, Super Bowl, whatever, like 61 or whatnot. Uh coming to you on valentine's day i'm sure that's going to go over well in a lot of households but uh aside from divorce rates going up the next day uh <laughs> anyway uh yeah. it, it is uh the top of the hour for our show so uh before we get out jeffrey do you have anything you want to plug uh i'm trying to think what we just <laughs> what just did. oh we did uh dave and i did a vertex on tyson alu alu it's a good one uh like Dave pointed out some good stuff to me. I looked it up and it was, it, it worked out and it actually helped me make a pretty good film room out of it. Um, and I've got one coming on Joe Hayden in week 10. Uh, and I've got some stuff. I got some stuff that uh, I'm working on for next week, a collaboration with uh, Kevin Smith, uh, not a film room, but we're going to talk about different players in the draft. Uh, so that I'm excited for that. Just, you know, keep watching the site. It's, there's a lot of good stuff. Perfect. Uh, looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure uh, to, to hit like, subscribe, five stars, wherever you're listening. If you're if you're on Apple uh, Podcasts, five stars, comments. I, I know uh, co-editor uh, Jeff Hartman likes to read those out on his morning Let's Ride shows. And of course, if you're if you're listening to this one, make sure you're, you're clicking out on uh, some of those exclusive uh, podcast side uh, platform only shows. You got my live mic, uh, Dave Schofield, Stack Geek, and of course those Let's Ride from Jeff Hartman. So uh, outside of that, again, make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You're really not finding any better Steelers content across the entire internet, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, And I just want to thank each and every one of you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, We will see you guys soon. Thank you again, and uh, great chat. Anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.